All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 272 of the DFO Rundown, brought to you by Botano.ca. The game starts here, and man, what a week it's going to be in the uh, National Hockey League, as you have the, uh, uh, well, there's a few extra games next week, but uh, basically most of the teams will play until uh, the Saturday, Sunday, and then they get uh, set for bye weeks or the all-star breaks. You can get in on your games now. We'll be set for the conference finals in the National Football League. There's lots going on NBA. If you like it, play whatever you like at Botano.ca. I'm Jason Greger. He is Frank Saravalli, uh, fresh off of playing a little uh, pond hockey out at uh, Jasper. Uh, Frank, how did you uh, How did you fare? Daily face-off, there was Oilers Nation team, Flames Nation team. Uh, who was the best team? Well, the best team was Flames Nation. I don't know if Tyler wants to hear that, but they had a pretty good squad top to bottom. Ryan Pinder was... He's an absolute hardo at pond hockey, which kind of makes everyone hate him for that. But uh, we had lots of fun. The Oilers Nation guys are good. First year of the team daily face-off team Leafs Nation combo. We had myself, Jay Rosehill. So nice to get a former NHLer on the squad. Uh, we had Nick Alberga, also part of Leafs Morning Take. We had our guy Alex from Betway who came in from London, England, which was awesome. Wow. 
and uh, and our guy Adam Seaborn from Playmaker Headquarters. So the five of us, pretty uh, we went two and one. Certainly nothing to complain about. Only loss was to the eventual champion Flames Nation guys. And uh, hey, look, no injuries, warm temperatures, and no need for a defibrillator. Yeah, that is a hundred percent. That's a great that's weekend a, for me. That's a sweep for Frank Saravalli, right there. It, I, as far as I'm concerned, yes. Yeah. So, and the uh, best part is so like we got to two and one, and then that's like the round robin play. And then they have the you know play in consolation that like works all the way down to the championship. And literally every team in our division was like, Hey, we're just gonna get drunk. Like we don't we we're good. We're going to the hot tub, we're gonna do whatever. So uh, a little bit of hockey mixed into a boys weekend and uh great weekend. Can't thank everyone enough at uh tourism, Jasper, booster juice, Betway, uh, the whole crew, uh, Fairmont Jasper park lodge. It's an unreal weekend. We're going to continue to make the tournament bigger and bigger. So next January, mark it down. We'll talk about it on the show. Jay, you got to get up there. We'll be doing some, we got to do some live DFO rundown shows. All right. You got to bring it. You got to bring a team too. I need a sports 1440 team in there. Ooh, got a few guys. Yeah. I got a few hardos for, uh, that would match Pinder. I'll tell you that. You, you would, you would know a couple hardos, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, a few guys, uh, you know, a couple, I might, 3 I might... a couple, we had a couple hardos off the ice, a couple 3am, 4am nights. Oh too. yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, I might've, I might've graduated from that aspect. You know, I'm probably a one thirty guy now. So that's, uh, I've gotten know, pretty good at the, at the Irish exit. Yeah. I know my, I know my, I know my limitations now. So it's, uh, so it's good. Um, uh, we're recording this on Sunday night because of travel and everything. Uh, usually we, you know, a little bit later on Sunday night. So, uh, it'll be up a little bit earlier on Monday, which is, uh, which is nice, but, um, you know, there, there's lots going on in the national hockey league. And I guess we, we can start with, uh, you know, let's start with Corey at- Perry. Corey Perry, yeah, signing with the uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, and you know it's funny. Like people are like, well, why would they sign Corey Perry? I'm like, well, he has he's played 16 games and he has more goals combined than a lot of the guys in the bottom six. The Oilers just added Perry and Dylan Holloway, and it cost them nothing. That's a pretty big boost to their bottom six. It's it's just a big boost stylistically. Like, and you say bottom six, like I think they're going to try him out in a bunch of different roles. I think he's going to get an opportunity to maybe at some point contribute on the the second line on the right side. I think he's going to get some power play opportunities in front of the net to wreak havoc. And I just think whenever you get to playoff time, you can never have enough Corey Perry's on your roster guys who are absolute gamers. There's a reason why his nickname is the worm. He, he finds the dirtiest area on the ice and he gets there and he, he makes his presence known and he digs in. So um, I think it's an outstanding fit for both sides. If are you're you Corey Perry, are you a little surprised he chose Edmonton? No, no. I, I just think the one place that I think he was seriously considering in the last number of days was Florida. Yes. I think a bunch of teams had been in, I think the LA Kings had an initial conversation with him, but they knew Victor Arvidsson was coming back. I think the New York Rangers made a play. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning, where he spent some time and, and went to the final, um, you know, I think they're, they're a team with John Cooper that really recognized how much they could use a player like him. 
I, I there's one other team in the West. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Vegas or whoever, but I think maybe Toronto had an initial conversation, but it didn't go very far. He kind of had a, a choice and watching this Oilers team hit 13 wins, the top end talent, and then really the right shot aspect of what they kind of really need. It, it just, it makes too much sense and it's not forever. And he's bounced around to a bunch of different teams, Chicago, Dallas, Tampa, you know, name them over the years since Montreal. Montreal. Since he, yeah. Since he, you know, was bought out by the ducks that he's perfectly comfortable being in a temporary spot. And that's half the battle. And let's see what he does. Let's see how long it takes him to get in shape. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. I've heard that, you know, they might try to get him in a game before the all-star uh, bye week break. So they play uh Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday afternoon uh, this week. So that, that might be a little bit short notice, but we'll see. I think no, I my, my see guess why. is my guess is this week on Monday, when they have a press conference, he'll be in Edmonton. He'll answer all the questions that people have about as much as he can about what happened and where they go from here and sort of this is his, you know, opportunity for public atonement after his, his statement. And then it's right into practice. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if he plays Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. I, I wouldn't I be shocked if he plays, you know, Thursday or Saturday, it's going to be one game this week before they go on that long break. Well, Thursday's against the Chicago Blackhawks, funny enough. So, uh, there you go. He, uh, are they going to yeah. be at a 15 game winning streak after Thursday? Yes. Uh, Columbus and Chicago, I think, are the teams that they, they can beat them. You know, Nashville, it's an afternoon game, Frank. Um, UC Saros. Now, I know the orders have kind of owned Nashville lately, but it. Uh, I think they have a chance here to, uh, you know, to get in the top four all time, which would be 15 games. The Islanders of 82 and the Penguins of uh, 2012 or 13 did it. And then, of course, Columbus in 17 had 16, and the 93 Penguins uh, did 17 games. So it's uh, it's pretty impressive. The orders also. 11 straight games that they've only allowed two goals or less. That's what are they, uh, the both. Winnipeg jets. Well, yeah, the jets did it 14 times uh, earlier this season. And uh, the other the jets teams, are still going on their same run though, of two or less. Right. Um, yeah. I have to look, I thought they gave up three. I could be, you could be right, but um, it's funny. Those two, the, the other teams that have done it in the, uh, in the salary cap era, uh, both uh, went to the Stanley cup final. Now the devils didn't win it. But uh, they went there. So if, if you're a believer that uh, having a good run of defensive hockey can help you, well, then the Edmonton Oilers, who most people, Frank, let's be honest, that's been their Achilles heel for a long time is can they defend? And right now, Edmonton is showing you they can defend. Like Dan Vladar, that game could have been an easy blow. Dan Vladar in the first period, that's one of the, like that first period by Dan Vladar, he made four or five unreal saves to the Calgary Flames yesterday. And I wonder, like, you know, I've heard lots of rumblings about Markstrom and Calgary. I don't know but. You know, when Dan Vladar plays like that, I could see why Calgary thinks about it. Mm-hmm. Well, the Jets are currently on that run. They're 14 consecutive games allowing yeah. two or fewer. Yeah, and, but so, they're at like 30. Aren't they at like 34 at three or under? Correct. I think it's more than that now. I think it might be 35. Okay. But they've gone a full calendar month. Yeah. December 18th was the last time that they allowed three goals just like the yeah. Oilers have gone a full calendar month with all wins. Yeah. 
It's uh, you know what? Uh, right now, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver, they're rolling pretty good. Uh, what about the other big news, Frank? Uh, wait, wait a second it. before before we get to that, because uh, let's let's finish off this Oilers thing and then let's let's bring in Tyler. My big question about this Corey Perry transaction: How much does it change how they think about the deadline now? Well, I think they've just added two pieces for nothing in Holloway and Perry. I still think they might look for one more potentially as a forward position. And I, I don't I don't think they have to make a massive splash because I'm not sure there's a massive splash to make there. Like, would they like to do an Ekholm like trade potentially to upgrade on CC? Maybe, but it's really hard. I've, I've gone through all the right defensemen in the league and I don't see one that's so blatantly of an upgrade that it's worth to give up a lot to do it. So, when I did my exercise of top objectives for each team at the deadline and it was for the Oilers, it was three C or two RW. Does getting Perry give them any added flexibility when it comes to McLeod? Or do you look at, that's why when you mentioned bottom six, I was like, maybe they're not looking that shallow. Yeah. Well, they could still look for a second line right winger. I I think in ideal, because I'll tell you right now, I think Ryan McLeod to me, Ryan McLeod, the best thing that happened to him was he got that boost of confidence. You see his goal against Calgary Flames as a third line. Like if, if you think, did it, if you were watching the game and didn't know what number it was, you're like, oh, McDavid made that play. Yes. No, seriously. Yeah. With the speed down the wing, comes in, goes, fakes to go far side, puts it roof daddy short side. Um, Ryan McLeod speed. Like I still think in an ideal world, Frank, if you have Warren Fogle on your third line and you can have a legit top six winger, then then you're really good. And so, but the problem is cap space, right? Like how do you how do you fit in a second line right winger? Like, I don't think Corey Perry is a full-time second line right winger, my opinion, right? Not I think at this age, but in yeah. spots and maybe in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe for a short time. I don't know if he could even do it two months, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think if they could get a, a legit second line right wing, I think they could shoot for it. But again, it's how do you fit that in cap-wise? Because that's going to be a big hit. Hmm. I just think it just getting those two pieces for free. Yes. Holloway coming back. Huge. like it's. It cha- I think it changes the total outlook of their deadline. So much added flexibility, plus then it it creates, I think, with less assets out the door, I think it opens up the door for them to move Campbell. And you could say, well, why do they have to do that now? But if you ever were really to go after a defenseman, and especially someone that has term, it's not just this year that you're going to need the cap space. It's in the future. And if you were to say, you know what? The Campbell thing, obviously a mistake, we're, whether it's now or whether it's later, we're going to have to pay a price to, to get off of his contract. Yeah, Maybe this is the year that you move a 2025 first round pick plus whatever else you need to, to get rid of Campbell. And then you've got your 24 pick still on the table plus whatever else you want to do to then fill with a big defenseman or fill with an elite two RW. Yeah, well, I think if you're moving Campbell, then Broberg's got to be part of that deal. I think just because you got to give up something like Campbell's got three years left, man. Like, I don't even think a one first rounder would do it. I think you'd have to give up more. Well, I think the the idea that Cal Peterson, who had two years at five, only got a second. Yeah, but there was Sean Walker, too. Yeah, but at the time, Sean Walker was a cap dump, not an asset. And yeah, anyone who tells you otherwise is crazy. Yeah. And they retained 2 million. Right. Right. But it was only for one year. 
On yeah, but yeah, they still retain it though. Is my point right? So yeah, like may, I know maybe I'm wrong. I just like, I don't think it's crazy. Like it's it's not crazy much more than a than a first. Yeah, maybe not. But and then the bro- reason I think you'd advocate to keep Broberg is if you could also try and find a way Kulak. to swap Kulak, then you could uh, then you could do that. Yeah, so we'll get to Tyler Amtrak. And, of course, the big news, other one, is Patrick Waz back in the league, and we're going to get to that uh, in a second. But uh, we'll bring in uh, Tyler, your Ramchuk. Uh, Ty, are you all right? Because we're recording this Sunday night. Uh, uh, Ty has just paused the Bills game as uh, they're taking on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, how, how are you feeling right now? Well, you're, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted. That's why. That's He's in a glass wow. case of emotion. <laughs> I am like, my heart rate is not doing good right now. I'm I'm not in a good state. There's like nine minutes left in the game when uh, when we're doing this. So Now, wasn't um, there like back-to-back turnovers? Didn't the, the Chiefs got the ball like inside the Bills 20 and then the Chiefs turn it over inside the five? Uh, yeah, they fumbled through the end zone from the one-yard line. So it was a touchback and the ball went back the other Who way. Who fumbled? So uh, Hardman, I think it was someone like someone, oh, one of their yeah. wide receivers. Anyways, it was, uh, it's been something. Um, and it's been a wild weekend as well. I heard you guys talking about the Pondoggy tournament. My voice is a, a little hoarse today. Um, but let me hit you guys with a few fill in the blank questions. We'll hit on a couple different teams here. Let's start with the Oilers and Corey Perry. He'll get in, you know, 38 to 40 games roughly for the team. Corey Perry will score blank goals for the Oilers this season. Frank. Um, 11. Wow, that's Ooh. a good pace. Um, I am going to say seven. Seven. Yeah, I think I maybe lean more towards the seven, especially if he's getting kind of bottom six minutes and whatnot. Um, but that was the big news on Sunday. Deadline season starting to heat up. I wanted to ask you guys, I actually had this one written down last week and we didn't end up getting to it, but about the Nashville Predators and the amount of defensemen they have, a team that could be interesting ahead of the deadline. The Preds will move blank number of defensemen before the NHL trade deadline, Jason? Ooh, that's a really good question, man. Like I look at the Preds and like they're right there in the, and, and I would probably argue if I had to pick a team today that I think is going to hold on to that second wild card spot, I think it would be Nashville. And um, you know, there's Arizona behind them and Seattle and Calgary. I'm going to say they don't trade away a defenseman. I, I'm going to say they keep their Whoa. defense. Carrier, Fabro, Barry, Jason saying none of them. Frank, what do you say? I would set the over under at two. Okay. I think some combination of Carrier and Barry. I I mean, I think they were looking to move Fabro before, but again, like then you're you're backfilling three guys on your blue line next year yeah. when you have an RFA. I think when I look at the Preds, look, John Tortorella said it last week about the flyers we're going to be selling off pieces and people here aren't going to like that because we're in a playoff spot you have to stick to the script the preds are not a team it's a waste of eight days i'm sorry to quote Tarrell sutter for whoever gets the eighth seed it is and so whether it's the preds or the flyers or someone if you're not a true authentic threat you're just kidding yourself and you need to take the step back as painful as it might be to take two forward later. No, I'm going to change my answer to one. I think I will trade Barry because he's already asked for a trade. So, Yeah, there to keep some of that money too. I know they only have the one more retained money spot. but And uh, for my third one, guys, for this week's edition of Fill in the Blank, I will use it as a little bit of a segue into your next topic. The New York Islanders have a blank percent chance of making the playoffs as of today. Frank, what do you say? 
Oh, I think it's increased dramatically. I'm going to say 65%. All right. Frank's a fan, Jay. Really? Dramatically. Wow. Um, It's funny because if you look at the Islanders, what's killing them is their defensive play. It's not their offense. It's a defensive play. Like they are giving up shots and chances galore. And now I know it's only one game, but they were getting spanked early by uh, Dallas in the shot clock again today. So, um, you know what? I don't, I, I look at the, uh, the rate they're currently out of it now, you know, Frank mentioned Philadelphia. So maybe Philly trades and people off and people don't like it, but the Islanders are seven points back of them already. Um, Toronto, Detroit, New Jersey. Like I still like Pittsburgh. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's low. I'm going to say 15. All right. And with that 15, that's a big gap. Wow. Um, with that, I leave you guys to continue that conversation and uh, all the news from the weekend. Fill in the blank delivered as always by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION at 25. See you boys. Now don't throw anything at your screen when you're watching the game as we're recording the pod. Okay. I don't need to hear a big crash and all of a sudden we're gone black. Okay. So there, I know it's, it's crunch time in the game. It's, Final few minutes. It'll be exciting. All right. Thanks, guys. There you go. That's uh, Tyler Uramchuk, who's a diehard Bills fan. Little little stressed out. Little stressed out. Frankie's Eagles already lost. So oh. we'll see if uh, the Bills can go. Hey, t- uh, Patrick Mahomes, baby. The, Somebody uh, just texted me like as this game was going on and said, I need a live cam on Tyler. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> they didn't know we're, we're taping the pot or anything. They oh, just said, God. hey, I need a live can. Oh, he'll just be like that sequence there. When they turned the ball over, he probably thought it was done. And then the Chiefs are down to the one yard line. And I didn't see because we were doing the pot. And I'm like, what? How are they not getting any points? And then obviously mm-hmm. they fumbled through the end zone. So nuts um so let's let's dive into the honors why he's so high on patrick wall what do you think he's going to bring that uh, lambert didn't i think he's unquestionably a great coach unquestioned and i think the fact that it took him so long to get another nhl opportunity is for one reason and one reason only it's not because he's a strong personality it's because everywhere he's gone he's had say over hockey ops decisions and that includes the 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 Colorado Avalanche, like 
He was head coach and VP of hockey ops. It was sort of a push and pull between two franchise icons in Joe Sackick and Patrick Waugh. And he was on the losing end of that power struggle. And I think when you see him go back to the QMJHL, you see him be GM and head coach again. And then you see them win the Mem Cup that I think a lot of people were looking at that saying, well, we, we know we can coach. He won the Jack Adams. They had a great year in Colorado. We know that he's a serial winner and the passion is there, but how much of a pain in the ass is he going to be to deal with on the hockey ops side? Because there's definitely varying scales of impact that head coaches have in front office decision-making. John Tortorella would be at the very top of the list in the NHL. I don't think there's a coach in the league that has more power or say in the front office than John Tortorella. And then there's other guys that are sort of brand new rookie head coaches that they wouldn't say bleep if their mouth was full of it. I think the reason why this is going to work in New York is Lou Lamorello. No, there's no question as to who the boss is. He's the boss. He runs it his way. He's done it his way for three plus decades now. We're into the fourth one. He's 81. He's won Stanley Cups. And yeah, a lot of people would say some of his roster decisions have been questionable. But they needed someone in there since Barry Trotz was gone. And and that was a pretty clear misstep, in my opinion, for the Islanders. They haven't really been the same that can can actually do a credible job coaching this team and i think some of that fire and passion is really going to rub off on this group and i think the door is wide open in the east still to do it so we were talking about playoff chances our yeah. our guy micah mccurdy at uh at hockey viz he has them at 38 percent. i think in actuality with the flyers probably at some point dipping a bit because of what we just talked about, that the Islanders are going to step into that and it's, they're right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I get their offense is going to have to get going. I sorry, their defense. And it's funny because you would like, I look at their defense and I actually like their D now. I know they've had some injuries at times, so that's played a factor in it, but like they got Elias Sorokin's one of the best goalies, but it's proven that even the best goalies, if they're in a shooting gallery all the time, it's hard to have good numbers and um, you know, we'll see they're in a dog fight, you know, maybe Patrick Waugh will, will help it around. I don't, I don't discount that, that he can help him. I just, I never liked the Islanders at the start of the season. So um, if, even if they, you know, I think it is though, if they get in in the East right now, Frank, like there's, there's no team in the East, like maybe Florida that you're like, okay, like they're a lockdown. That's really good. But the Rangers have some holes for sure. Their five on five play isn't very good right now. Um, I think I think the the East will have way more chances to see some wild card teams up that upset and the, the or even a third place team than the West. But if you're gonna bet, like, isn't Sorokin the guy to bet on? Well, no, I agree. Hey, I, I would agree with that. But even I don't like it, their construction. I don't like how locked up these guys are for for that oh, long. No. I think Barzell has had an, a, a great season great year with with very little support. I think Noah Dobson hasn't been nearly talked about enough for as good as he's been. But 
I think they get thin in a hurry. I just think Sorokin has done such a good job bailing this team out that they're probably not close to the playoffs. But I like Patrick Waugh's attention to detail. Like, did you see the tweets from reporters today that were at their skate? Like, stopping drills, barking. I, I, I think when you when you have someone that's had the success that he has had, you, you, like, you have no choice but to listen. And I think there's probably been a little bit of, because of all those guys that are locked in long-term, there's probably been a little bit of comfort that and complacency that's there. Well, we're all under contract for however many years. No one's going anywhere. It's easy to feel comfortable. You need yeah. someone that's going to come in and rattle some cages. And I don't have any question that Patrick Waugh is going to be that guy. Yeah. What do you make about the long term? Because the first thing everyone was tweeting about was like, oh, well, this is just the early precursor. At 82, Lou Lamorello is going to be out and Patrick Waugh is going to have both titles. Do you buy that? Or do you just think that this is a really secure, confident GM that says, I'm hiring the best coach available? I, ca- I can't see how you would have him coach and GM. May in today's NHL, Frank, no one's going to do it with any sort of success. It'd be an absolute disaster. You can't be a full-time GM and head coach in today's NHL. You don't have enough hours in the day. Can't do it. So um, if he's going to coach and then Lou Lamarillo leaves and he's going to go to management, well, now we're having a different conversation. If he wants to be GM and president of hockey ops, that could probably happen, but he can't be behind the bench and the GM. Zero chance that works. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I, and I believe, and I, I know that what he and his agent were telling people the last calendar year is he just wants to coach. Yeah. Makes sense. He, that's it. It's all he wants to do is coach. And it kind of took that messaging to change. I think in order for him to get an opportunity, I really, I really truly believe that. Yeah, you're probably right. And, you know, we'll, I'll say this about Patrick. Wah. I think Patrick Wah, when he first coached, he was highly emotional outwardly. I think he's still going to be emotional. He's going to be competitive, but I think he's going to be a little bit more controlled with his emotions. At times his emotions controlled him. I think he's going to control his emotions this time. And he realizes that, yeah, you can be fiery as a coach sometimes, but you can't be a loose cannon every time. Cause yeah, your team likes it for a while, but then it's chaos. And so like anything, I think he'll learn. Like you looked at the last time when he was in junior, he was much calmer and he was an excellent, you know, junior coach. So I, I think we will see a little bit different of a Patrick. Wall. I don't think we're going to see him, you know, in the glass partitions in between the benches, Frank, right early in his in his tenure in Long Island doing that. So, um, you know, which is unfortunate maybe from a reporting standpoint or an entertainment standpoint. But I think I don't think his competitiveness is any less. I think that's what fuels him. He will be better at not seeing, not having everybody know how fired up he is. Well, I mean, think about how long he's been at this. Like this isn't one of the all time greats, certainly at his position that has just sat on his ass. The last 20 years, he's been a head coach, 18 of them. Yeah. It's crazy. Most of them in junior, but still had a, a pretty successful run in Colorado that like, look, this is one of the best of the best. And the fact that he finally gets another chance, like I think it's, it's been way overdue. Yeah. Well, and I think like anything, like a lot of people, you grow, you know, 
you you grow, but you think like, oh, that second chance is going to come quicker than maybe you, you thought it would. And so no, obviously he chose to go back to junior. So it's not like it was going to, I don't think he was ever going to bail on his team when there was midseason firings or anything like that. So there's lots of times where he wasn't eligible to, to get jobs. Right. And just because I didn't think he was going to bail on his team during the season. So I look at, at, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, the Islanders, you talked about it. Like they're, they've got so many guys tied up long-term. Like this is not an easy situation, which is more like there's very few like teams. How many are, teams that, are making a coaching change right now? That is an easy situation. Yeah. I like mean, it, the, maybe the Oilers were the only one. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's rare. It's rare that you've got a, a competitive team, even like Minnesota was a playoff team last year, got off to a tough start. Like, you know, now we all know that they're in cap hell for another year and a bit, but then things look good there. So the Islanders is just, it's more so how are they, how is he going to be able to massage? And I think, you know, Lou Lamorello is normally a fairly patient person. So I, I would like to think they realize, Hey, you know what? We still might have two years before we're a l- real contender because we're just not going to be able to move a lot of the pieces around. I I think that's why there's urgency to this is the next time you turn around, you're, you're another year older. And if you're already not making it, it's real hard to get back in without some tweaks. So with there being an opening in the East this year, no one having really locked down much of anything. This is, this is the time you could make the argument, maybe should have done it a month ago, but I, I, especially with some time before the all-star break for everyone to get real comfortable and settled at least mentally on the thought process. I think it makes a ton of sense. And, and look, look at the way that they had crumpled losing to the Hawks. Like Chicago does it again. Another, you know, huge blow to a team that it forces changes. It really does. It causes people to question where's our compete. Where's our intensity. I do want to talk about speaking of, we've talked about Colorado, Nathan McKinnon, he had, you know, a five point game on Saturday, just the year he's having Frank, he's on pace for 135 points. You know, he has been really good for a long time, but man, right now he is absolutely dominant for the, uh, the Colorado avalanche, you know, him and Ranson in there are great at the top, you know, and I think we, we can make an argument that, that in Colorado, like to me, the reason he he's so clear, the, the, the MVP right now that just passed the halfway point of the season is a his point totals. But you just look, look down the lineup of, uh, of Colorado. They have, they have two other forwards with more than 40 points, two other, two other forwards with more than 26 points, right? Like it's, he is carrying that team offensively. He's also, he's such a force. That's really like the big thing for me is, He's a physical freak. He's the, I think right now he's the closest thing that the NHL has had to Peter Forsberg. Fair. I think he might even be better than Forsberg. Well, I think he's different. Like Forsberg was never that fast. Like Forsberg, Forsberg's a little bit like Jagger, right? Like he liked to slow the game down, you know, but in just high end skill, high end skill plus the ability to, Protect the puck. Yeah. 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 Like, hey, Nate McKinnon is a freight train on the ice. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, like I look at the Avs and it's funny, like I think McKinnon right now, it's I look at the Avs this year. They remind me of the orders last year. They got, you know, two dominant guys at the top. And then after that, it thins out a little bit. And right now they're, they're leaking too many goals. 
they got they got to cut down on their goals against in Colorado a little bit here. I think if you know they can obviously they got McCarr, they got the elite top end guys, but I look at their depth, Frank. Like we've talked about this a lot. Like there's a team that I'm curious how aggressive they are at the deadline because if they can add two pieces at the deadline, that's going to make a massive difference for them. I th- I think they can, and I think like just to to put a bow on McKinnon and that speed. I saw this the other day. It's on NHL dot com slash edge it's their puck and player tracking so owen Tippett has the fastest flat out max speed this year 24.21 miles an hour he actually hit that in ot a game that i was watching uh for the flyers braden point is second mckinnon is third he's actually tied with mcdavid at 24.05 miles an hour and that's not the part that's impressive they count 22 mile an hour bursts McKinnon has 65 of them sustained bursts of 22 miles an hour or more 65 of them. The next closest in the league is McDavid at 37. He's got 28 more bursts. I know that's a hard thing to kind of wrap your brain around, but the fact that he has 28 more than the next closest player in the league who has a total of 37, who we believe is maybe the most gifted skater in NHL history. That's that's an insane stat. And wow. he's just dialed in. I had Chris McFarland, their GM, on on Frankly Speaking last week. He goes, I've never he said, I've been had the good fortune to spend a lot of time around professional athletes. I d I don't I don't remember seeing one as dialed in as Nathan McKinnon is right now. Oh, hundred percent. This is his best year. It's not even close. And it's not just the points. It's every part of his game. Like he, if, if people on the East coast don't watch the abs that much, I highly recommend you do. I don't know how many abs games they have on national TV in the U S but it's probably not enough. He is, he is, you know, he's there's McK- McDavid, obviously Matthews uh, McKinnon and McKinnon is like McKinnon McDavid's excitement, like Matthews is a shot and he scores some goals. It just makes you go, wow. But McKinnon's burst of speed, you talk about Frank, his physicality, how he just attacks people all the time. You know, when, when him and McDavid are both at the peak of their game, it's very, very exciting to watch. But McKinnon's just, he's a little bit more of a bull, in my opinion. And it's, he's been, I'll tell you right now, I got the NHL uh, package in my house and I've been watching more Avs games here in the last month and a half almost any other out of town. Like I love watching him play. Like he is absolute must watch TV. Okay. So this is a fun thing to think about. We've got the all-star skills competition coming up. 12 players competing for a million bucks. Yeah. It's across a bunch of different disciplines. Obviously who would you pick to win? It's a really good question. So they get to pick five events to go in, right? They don't have to go in all and they get to pick their choice of five, correct? Yeah. And then the people with the most points move on after yeah. that. So like there, there's certain events there that I think um, like the fastest skater, you think, okay, McDavid and, and McKinnon are going to go in it, but will they? And, and the thing about that is like, I'll be honest. I've talked about this a lot. I'd like to see the fastest skater in a straight line, Frank, from you start at the, uh, at the, at the dots in one end and you go to the far blue line. Cause to me that like no one ever skates a lap in a game. You know what I mean? So um, no one ever likes never... rounding the corner either. Yeah, for injury well, exactly that. And I think a lot of the guys don't like it. If you ever lose an edge there, man, you're going in blazing speed into the corner. So um, that's a good question. Like I, 
God, like there honestly isn't a bad pick. If you were like, you know what? I think Nikita Kucherov is going to win. Like I, who am I to talk yeah. you off the ledge of that? Yeah. Like Jack Hughes There's something about Jack Hughes is just, you know, it's got, he's got some unique skills that, uh, that I think like in his skills competition. Yeah. Yeah. My car's pretty good too. Well, Pedersen. Yeah. Is there a bad pick? Honestly, like, no, but that's shooting, what, that's what passing. It's honestly, actually, that's a really good question. I don't even know. I'd have to give me some thought and I'll give you an answer on Thursday. I want to look in and say, okay, and do some research on who I think is going to do in which events and, you know, and how they'll fare, because obviously it's a point system, how you do in each event that you do, and then you get the total points. So I'll say this, Frank, it is, it's a great decision by the league. I think more fans are going to want to watch it because it's the best of the best which is what fans want. I've argued this for such a long time. It should be the all-star game, not the very good game, which it is right now by having a representative of every team. You have the best of the best, and this is a way to get the best of the best at the front. And you know what? Because my son asked me, well, Dad, what about the other all-stars? Oh, trust me. They're going to be just as entertained. They're going to get a front row seat to some of the best players in the game. And I think, they're like, trust me, they'll be trying their hardest. This is not going to be a, there's competition there. These guys are highly competitive. This might be the best skills that we've ever seen. Hundred percent. I can't. I, honestly, I'm I'm actually excited, and I've well, I don't think I've ever said that about anything at All Star Weekend. Do you know why it's going to be the best, Frank? Because I've talked to guys about it. Like, depending on when your skill was, like you would sit around for a long time, and then all of a sudden you have to go. Like this way, they're staying they're staying fresh all the time, right? Because you might sit out one event, okay, but then you're going to the next one. So I, I think that's way better. Actually, keeps them sharper. They're definitely going to be more engaged. But and there's a million bucks on the line that goes right in your pocket. I, even if you have a hundred of them, like Connor McDavid, it's still a million bucks. Yeah, I still like I've said all along. I really like these guys. I'm the highest paid guys in the league. I really hope there's a significant charitable donation from them. From this, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm just. It's gonna still. It's gonna bring out something in these guys. You think David Pasternak doesn't want another million bucks? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think anybody's not going to be trying 100%. Um a, a few other things um you you look at the uh, the how concerned are you about the Rangers Frank? And, oh, I'll go you're loving them. You know, uh, as we're recording this they're already down two nothing to the Ducks. Like they have really hit the skids. They have and you know, a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, the warning signs are there. Why how dumb are you, Frank?" Like they had a great <gasps> a great, great start to this year and have since it's kind of been coming for a little bit now. And I'm not down on the Rangers yet, partially because of what we just talked about, how like the fact that they haven't really played well in six weeks almost, and they're still holding down the fort in the Metro Carolina right on their heels is a pretty good testament to them and that hot start. I just think when push comes to shove that defense and, and particularly the right side of their defense is pretty, pretty good. And, and at some point you're going to get better goaltending from Shesterkin. And if not, maybe quick just continues to play absolutely lights out. So I, 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 it's a fair question to ask. I, I, before I said to you that I was going to put money down on Rangers Stanley cup final matchups, that's, that's not happening right now. So I've walked that part of it back, but I still, I'm a believer in their roster. And yeah. by the way, 
Can we talk about the Kings and their presentation to Jonathan Quick? Yeah. What did you think? So, of it? first off, it's a little bit tough to do for a guy that's actually playing in the game at that. Like a goalie's maybe a little bit different than a forward who could have a chance to compose himself. So you have this tearjerker moment, right? And I thought the kind of bullshit of it was not that he then has to continue to play and stop pucks, but that it kind of whitewashed what was a lot of animosity on the way out the door. I thought the way that they handled that trade was so poorly done. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion, a franchise icon, and they didn't involve him in the process at all. They didn't need to, but he's walking out of the arena in Winnipeg and someone taps him on the shoulder and says, Hey, John, uh, you know, Rob Blake wants to talk to you on the phone. And he informs him that he's been traded to Columbus. I know he ended up in LA or sorry, in Vegas. And I know that he won another cup ring, but I'm sorry. There's a right and a wrong. And when someone does that much for your franchise, you at least allow him to be brought into the process. Formal, no trade or not. And I think it had devolved to the point where even before that, there was certainly some sour parts of that relationship that it's like, oh, everyone, look, it's Jonathan Quinn, Quick and the Kings all good again. And maybe they are. And maybe time heals that. But it kind of glosses over the fact that they kind of treated him like shit on the way out. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a really interesting point because I look at it and say, OK, well, we involve him in the process. Well, he wouldn't have approved the trade to Columbus. So now you're not going to get the guy you want. Right. Um mm-hmm. So how it worked, it worked out well for quick. I don't, I'm kind of torn on that one, to be honest. Like, Hey, the but organization, you can give him a heads up. He doesn't need to go on the road trip. Okay. Sure. He, okay, he, that part, he can prepare himself and his family and yeah, he can okay. also begin to plot. Okay. I know that I'm not going to stay in Columbus, but here I can, with my agent, I can help get me to the next place. And they did none of that, which is why it took a few days for him to get from Columbus to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, that part's fair. Okay. So you're saying, Hey, we're don't, when you mean in the process, it's not, we're letting you pick where you're going to trade it. We're just going to let you know, you know, in advance beforehand that, Hey, this is happening. Okay. That's fair. That's what I would do. I think that's the only right way to run a business and a franchise, but yeah, because I, I think the mistake that happens sometimes for teams is, and I get the, the loyalty of the players, you know, but you paid a millions and millions of dollars, you know, you built a team, they won. It's great. And it's, it's hard to, to, to leave, exactly how they want and you know like jonathan quick the way he was playing at that point it wasn't like teams were you know tripping over themselves to get him so you know it's a hard one but i think your point of saying hey yeah we'll keep you back here this is we're close because they, they got it they had to think they were close it wasn't like a trade that just came out of nowhere the right? trade for jonathan involving jonathan quick just doesn't happen over yeah well and gavrikov is pretty big deal right like they're getting pretty good player back in return so yeah no that's that part frank i would agree with i think if it's as long as it's wow we owe him we got to ask him where he's going i actually don't agree with that but to do it with the class of saying hey you know this is happening you might don't have to go on the road that part i'll agree well and you know what shame on them shame on the quick camp for not having had the formal no trade put into the deal 
Because if you, if you don't get it, you can't bitch about it after the fact. So that's that is that is being fair and honest. But I, you know what? Good for John Quick because he's got a supreme belief in himself, and that's actually part of the friction that had existed with the Kings because he went to them and said, "Guys, I can still play. I know I'm still good enough to be an NHL starter." And they kind of looked at him like, "Dude, have you seen your numbers?" Like. You're not there. They signed Cal Peterson to that big deal. They had like all these different guys that they had to use. And the whole time he's sitting there going, I'm still a starter in the NHL. And at this age, he's not. But goddamn, is he a big contributor to the New York Rangers this year? Oh, 100%. Now, I, I thought when you mentioned the Kings, I thought you were going to talk about like, you know, just a debacle. It's been their last, what do they got? Two wins in their last 12. Now, I know they have uh, four overtime losses, but it has been, uh, it's been not a great run for the LA Kings. You know, Edmonton has passed them now. Nashville's only one point behind them. What do you make of where the Kings are at as a team? Was this just a little midseason funk and they're going to get back on track? Are you concerned? I'm I'm concerned because of how long the skid has gone on. Like if you were to just look on paper at their record, you go 22, 13, and eight, like ah, not really a big deal. They're a team that's in complete control or could be. <sighs> There's something off. And for a team that talented and really that deep, that's the part that I don't quite understand. Like the fact that it got to this point in the skid where Todd McClellan, who signed an extension before the season started, and I think is in that category of five to just like goalies, five to six, seven, eight, really elite NHL coaches. It it goes to show you how bad it's been that that was even a question at their press conference, like how much of this is, is there any part of it? That's just Cam Talbot hitting a wall. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit, I think probably is part of it, but you you look at some of their underlying numbers. It hasn't been great for them compared to where they were early, right? Like early on, man, they were, they're pretty solid. Now Cam Talbot was really good and you can, I think it's fair to say, well, is that sustainable for some guys? So I still think LA has got lots of pieces, but I'll say this, man, Pierre-Luc Dubois right now, Frank, like, you know, he's on a milk carton somewhere. Like it's the old, uh, you know, missing in action for them. Which one's been a worse trade. And I think it's still early, but of the big name forwards that have been moved in the last while. Yeah. Is it Pierre-Luc Dubois or PL as he wants to be known as now or Timo Meyer? Yeah. Yeah. Meyer just can't stay healthy in New Jersey. It's crazy, but um, Meyer just can't produce in New Jersey. Like, I'm sorry, like 17 points in 31 games, like no bueno. Yeah. Well, 19 and 43. Right. As a whole, since arriving there, he's got 31 points in 52 games. Like, do you think now this is, this is a more existential question because he, he really was terrible in the playoffs too. Do you think because they gave up so much to get him that they felt like they were pot committed and keeping him? Like, did they sign him to that deal? Yeah, well, I look at like Timo Meyer's a big, like he's a big power four. And if you look at his a 40 goal score, two time 30 goal score, like he had a really good pedigree. 
Like he shouldn't have, he shouldn't be struggling like this. Now injuries, are, especially when you have Jack Hughes, like I think Jack Hughes is a really dynamite player if you play him together or even Nico Heischer. Now th- there's been injuries in New Jersey, including Meyer and all those other guys. So I still, if I had to guess Frank in two years, who we think has better, I still would lean towards Timo Meyer. Cause I think overall he's been a better player in his career than Pierre-Luc Dubois. Man, that's a big, it was a huge deal. Oh, massive. 8.8 yeah. times 8. Yeah, 70.4 million dollars. And not for nothing. No. I, that the the Timo Meyer full no move, no trade doesn't kick in until July 1st. Oof. I, it's early. It's early to it's really early to declare it a disaster because of yeah. the health, like you said. Yeah. But I haven't seen I haven't seen him look comfortable for one minute there. No, that's fair. It hasn't been. Uh, um, yeah, it's odd because I watched him a lot in San Jose, man. And and there's most nights like he was carrying that team. He was so dominant, and I just like I was like, wow, that's a really good move when New Jersey traded for him. I thought he was. I thought this is ex- he's exactly what they needed. They had a bunch of small forwards. Now they're getting a big, strong, two hundred and twenty pound power forward, like. You saw how big he was, Frank. He absolutely got railroaded. Most other guys would be knocked out of that hit in the playoffs. And he just got up like, okay. But he hasn't come. I Right now, I wonder how much it is just a lack of confidence combined with injuries because hasn't looked comfortable. But I still, I will give Timo Meyer a little bit more time. I'm giving him a little bit leeway. Pierre-Luc Dubois hasn't been dealing with injuries. And he's just like, Timo Meyer still has as many goals as Pierre-Luc Dubois. And we're disappointed in how he's playing. That shows me how bad Luke Dubois has been. And he's played way more games. I think 12 or 13 more games. If you had to pick one right now, you're still picking Meyer? As the guy who I think will end up being better on the deal, yes. You? I don't know. I I think I might be picking Dubois. I think it's going to take him some time to settle in. But... I don't know. It's a good question. No, it's a really a couple years younger than than Meyer too. Because I'm sure Devils and Kings fans are yelling at us. Yes, either one. Like they're both brutal right now. Like yeah, either Mm -hmm. either fan base can be like, oh my god, misery likes company. I guess Devils and uh, Kings fans uh, maybe can kiss and make up from their uh, Stanley Cup uh, playoff matchup in 2012 and be like, you know what? Maybe you send some positive vibes to my guy and I'll send some positive vibes to your guy. Cause neither one of them right now is, uh, is living up to what they were hoping from uh, either organization when they signed. No question. What would you well, do if Frank you were the devils? Uh, what would you do if you're the devils at the deadline? Oh, I'd probably move to Foley. I, I don't think they're, well, where's Jack Hughes, right? Like there's, they're banged up again all over the place. Like it's just, yeah, it's brutal for them. Like injuries have really derailed that team. And, and that's unfortunate because they got a lot of skill. I still, I thought their defense was too young to be a real threat in the playoffs, but um, you know, they're, they're, Hey, Luke Hughes is playing great. And trust me in two years, people are going to be like, Oh my God, they might have the best one, two defense arguably coming up in the future. I really like it. But for now I didn't like him to be a threat. I thought they'd make the playoffs. They still could, but the longer it goes without Hughes and those guys, I just, I don't see it happening. this year. And if they the, do, Frank, how about they, the quote from Severson this week? He goes, I, I knew when Graves and I weren't coming back, he's like, I knew they were going to be in tough. And then obviously you pile on with the with the, the torn peck for Dougie Hamilton 
Yeah. And then you lose Jonas Siegenthaler for like oh. no team is losing four no. of their top six defensemen and being competitive. Like no. the fact that they're even still in the mix is a testament to some of the pieces they have. And they've done it without getting goaltending. But uh, you're right. You said it from Jump Street that you before the season started, I don't like how reliant they are on on their young guys that on defense, it's it's been their Achilles heel. And hey, Frank, before we let you go, um, we got to check on Tyler, man. I don't know if you know what happened, but uh, um, all I saw was the final score. Yeah, well, it's visions of Scott Norwood. Now, this one wasn't this was to tie the game. They uh, they missed the field goal uh, late in the game and uh, they lose by three. So um, wide, the, right? Uh, what, pardon. I didn't was see it? where it went right. I was just I just saw that he missed it. Um, Oof. and, uh, is cause I was trying to watch, I just got my head up and I just saw the reaction of the crowd. So brutal for them. Um, uh, I would say this, Frank, uh, Hey, you know what? The bills, they didn't survive, but the chiefs did survive. Uh, did Frank survive? How far did you go in the, uh, Wendy's survivor <laughs> pool last week? It is pathetic. I didn't make it out of day one. What? Dude, Dude, like seriously, we, so we there's to 10 pitch. options. We might, to, we might have to switch something up here. This is unacceptable on, on how, like, you're, you're like, who's worse, Meyer, Sarah Valley, or Pierre Luc Dubois right now? Like, your performance in the Wendy's Daily uh, Face Off Survivor Pool has been atrocious. Well, hold on a second. Have you competed in this? Uh, actually, you know what? I did it once and then I forgot my password. I can't find it. So okay. Well, you, you lazy ass can create a new account, would you? And then you can okay. chirp me All right. once you get, once you get booted 332 people in the pool last week, only 18 survived. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's 10 options every night to pick, to advance in the game. Routinely eight of the 10 lose. So you've got a 20% chance to get to the next day and get your hands on all four days getting through to get a bacon portobello mushroom melt from Wendy's. like And five grand, though, if you're the best at the end of the year. Well, here's the thing. So the leaderboard for the season, the season-long 5,000 bucks, is at 23 correct 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 picks. picks. So how many correct picks do you have? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that we can scroll that far. (laughs) I'm not in the top 60. I know that. But someone oh. named Walleye Mom has 23 correct picks. And what about second? Where? How far is he ahead? Second is, is 20. Ooh, so it's got a little three, bit of a almost, almost a full week cushion. Week. But here's the thing. If you Just need four per week, yeah. how many weeks are left in the season? It's still wide open. Oh, dude. To get yourself in. Guys, you know what? You know what, Frank? You've, you've ex- you got me excited. I'm coming back in, baby. I'm going to find out. I can't believe that. Like, usually I have the same. I have like six passwords. I just rotate them, but I just don't oh know which God. one it is. So I you should shouldn't tell one. people that. Yeah. Wow. Well, they don't know what they are. So they're sick. Do they're yourself very- a favor. Get this thing. I'm going to save you a lot of headache. There's a Canadian company that created something called One Password. You literally have one password. It's an app that lives on your phone and in, the, and in your computer. It's in the cloud. It creates an account, a password for every one of your accounts and stores all of them. They're all different. They're all like random gobbledygook. And you don't ever need to know one. All you need to type in is the one password you have. And then you, you like go to a page and it's time to log in. You click a button that says autofill and it types it in for you. Oh, Huh. One password. It's, I'm telling you, life changing. Check it out. Oh. It's like fifty right. bucks. 
Ah, I have I have a sheet that I wrote. I've written them all down, so I have them all, and I save them. Oh but yeah, that sounds some reason, really I, safe. I got to go find this one. I don't know where it is. I got twenty twenty four. Frank, um, we'll be there Thursday uh, for fun. Orders are at thirteen. The uh, the longest, and everybody's talking about the Canadian one. And that's great, but they're the first team outside of the Eastern Time Zone to win thirteen games in a row. No central team, no mountain team, no Pacific team's ever done. And I do think travel plays a factor, especially for some of the West Coasters. But they got Columbus, Chicago, and Nashville. Do they get to 16 before their uh, bye week slash all-star break? Yes, I think they do. Oof. So that means they could tie the record when they come back on February 6th in Vegas. Oof. I think nice. they do tie the record in Vegas. Because Vegas really? has just been okay. And uh, look, if, if they got through the Battle of Alberta, yeah, I thought I, that, that was my theory that they'd be off to the races. Yeah. All right, Frankie, we'll see. We'll see, man. Have a good week. You too, buddy. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.